Beth is coming forward now to share with you a reading of the scripture. And if you think you've heard it before, it's because you have. It's the one that uh, Laura used last Sunday. Um, am I right? Did I say that right? Yeah, I'm, it's a portion of it. And I want to be very clear with you. I'm not fixing anything. She did a fantastic message last Sunday on the 10 things about spiritual gifts that I thought were pretty stunning. But I was drawn to a particular passage, a particular phrasing that is used in this passage. And here we're talking about how God has used people in a common purpose and found in each individual person what scriptures call their spiritual gifts. And I want to think a little bit more about that with you today and invite you to hear this scripture as Beth shares it with you, to hear how these gifts get inspired and initiated by the Holy Spirit. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, But it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Do join with me in prayer. Gracious and loving God, be our confirming hope. Be present to all today whom we think of and pray for. Be protection. Be shelter in storm, be hope in days of despair, and be the power that now stirs within us individually and collectively, because this hour matters to you and it matters to the world, and we do not want to miss out on placing ourselves fully and completely to your purpose and will. So allow the words of my mouth, the meditations of our thoughts and minds, the music, the fellowship, everything today great holy space that you can use in us in the name of Christ. Amen. Well, today is a day of great celebration. Today we are celebrating the beginning of a new program you hear at Clarkson United Methodist Church, and after being here for 13 years, I can tell you I cannot remember a fall which is being launched with greater anticipation and excitement. Our leaders and our staff and our lay leaders and everyone has been working so diligently and with purpose for this fall to be a new and exciting step into the future that God has promised to us. And of course, today we are not simply celebrating the program ministries. We are celebrating our first glimpse as a congregation into our new community center, renovated children's space, and other rooms that are being created for program ministries of all types. I have told a number of people over the last few weeks Right now, the church is a perfect metaphor for the church universal. It's a mess, and it's getting better. If you would have walked through the construction zone on Thursday, you would have said there is no way that we will have anything worth doing in this space on Sunday. And through the great effort of so many people and the working of God, you're going to see an amazing space in a few moments if you haven't done so already. In the midst of chaos, new spaces and opportunities for your ministry are emerging in our midst. 
We are living right now in days that are some of the most exciting ever in the history of our congregation. And we have taken to calling this year among the staff, and I'm going to invite you to use this term too. This is the year of Adventure Church. Adventure Church. Come next Sunday and see which doors are closed that you can't use anymore. Adventure Church. Adventure Church. Try to get into the building and discover that you can no longer come into the fellowship hall doors and soon won't be able to come in through crossroads. But we will find a way to get you in. Adventure Church. Come in the evening or on the weekends to a program event and discover that the room you've always done it in no longer exists. Adventure Church, try to get from here to the new community center by using the stairs at the end of the long hallway. They aren't there. (laughs) And in a few weeks, Adventure Church, Pastor Rick and the staff will not have an office to find in this space while the new ones are being configured. So come after Christmas, just stop by the church and watch staff mindlessly wandering the hallways looking for a space to be. Adventure Church. It's exciting, it's exhilarating, sometimes frustrating and confusing. But as the construction continues, we discover that God is gifting us in ways we did not imagine until we can get in the middle of the chaos. Even in the last couple of weeks, there are things that have emerged and been discovered and been offered by the people of God we didn't even know to ask for until we got into that moment. And God's spirit has moved and stirred in people. And things are changing even on the fly because the Holy Spirit is just flowing around us. For example, we know that on October 15th, we won't be able to worship in this room because of construction on this end of the building. So on October 15th, right after the new athletic floor is installed, we will be down in the community center worshiping from October 15th through November. And we'll get back in here before December so we can have our Advent services in here. That's the plan. Well, that's an exciting thing to think about. And I had a couple of the youth thinking, do we get to shoot baskets during worship, Pastor Rick? (laughs) Yet to be determined. We'll find out. Adventure Church. And throughout all this chaos and construction... We have something that guides us, and it is this blueprint. Well, this is a sample of one part of a much larger blueprint. Let me get it held right for you this way. How many of you know how to read a blueprint, by the way? How many of you are faking that right now as you raise your hand? Okay, that's what I thought. So we have pages upon pages of a blueprint in Colin's office and other places in the building that our architect has drawn and our construction manager and building team are using to to guide us through this process. And in that blueprint, there is the capturing of the vision of the ministry applied to directly what a wall and a building will look like to launch programs and life-changing moments in years to come. This block right here is here because of that blueprint, because of your vision. This block could have stayed back at the place where they keep blocks. We'll call it the block yard. (laughs) But this block found its way onto our parking lot, and I asked Jeremy to bring it in for me today as a symbol. Because this block now has a purpose. 
The blueprint tells us that we need this block. We need this block of this size, of this color, so that we can use it with its brothers and sisters to build walls. Now, where will it go? Well, maybe it's part of the wall for the new entryway. Maybe it's one of the new classrooms. I'm not sure exactly where that block will go, but I know that block will help join with the rest of the blocks to make ministry happen. It is now a gifted block. The blueprint tells us that. And in the building that you're going to go see every wire, every block, every ceiling tile, every fixture on a wall, every doorknob, is there because the blueprint born out of your vision, tells us that's where it needs to be. Similarly, Christians turn to Scripture and to the history of the church to understand that each one of us has a purpose and a place in the ministry of Christ. The church is not a casual intersection of lives who hang out together for a while. No, when Jesus Christ came into the world, he came as a gift from God to help create the kingdom of God in the world. And then if you'll read scripture, he called people to follow him. And if you'll take a look at who followed him, they were a widely different lot of people, different skills, different backgrounds. They came with different abilities, most of which no one saw in them and most of them couldn't even see it in themselves until after Christ had touched them and blessed them. But they came. And God continued to shape them through Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit, allowing the gifts in them to emerge differently, yes, but to make complete God's vision. To that end, they really weren't like blocks that all looked identical. They were more like pieces of a puzzle. Pieces of a puzzle that don't have all the same shape or size. They don't have the same color. They all fit together in different ways to complete a much broader picture. And as as Laura said to you earlier, doing a puzzle piece when you can't find the last three pieces can be very frustrating because you need all of the pieces to make the picture complete. But we come together today very different. Different sizes and shapes and skills and abilities and thoughts. And yes, that's true. And God sees within each of us the gifts that God needs in this moment in time to change the world for the sake of Christ, to bless others. Everyone in this moment are critical pieces of the puzzle of the church coming together. I believe that God already knows what the church is to look like. The scripture tells us that. It's just that we sometimes are a little delinquent and slow to put our gifts together to make God's vision happen. And this is a day for us to be able to set forward in faith and experience the Holy Spirit actualizing us right now. To grow and be the church that's called us to be as we grow to be the individuals we are called to be as disciples of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you that I actually think the church of Jesus Christ, as God sees it, is much larger than we see it. Usually when we see it and think about the church, we start with ourselves, we look around the room, we see this is the church, and then a few folks who aren't here. I think God sees the world and sees all of God's people as the church, 
gifts waiting to be actualized, people willing to be brought into a relationship with Christ, touched by the Holy Spirit, and brought into a family of faith, not to be conformed, but to bring their uniqueness here that they can, be, as they arrive, begin to or continue to shape us as we continue to walk with them. You see, our desire to reach out to new people is not to grow a bigger church, but rather to invite people to find their spiritual gifts, to discover what God has placed in them that when actualized, put into service for Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can then discover and only then the greatest joy and hope of our life. Today, we celebrate the fact that this is an opportunity to take our next steps in this celebration and activation of our spiritual gifts. But let me be clear. Spiritual gifts are not the same things as our talents. Some people think of themselves as having no talent. I won't ask you to raise your hands. (laughs) And I just saw two people raise their hands. And the truth is, I saw which two people they were. And I'm here to tell you both of them are spiritually gifted. You see, the difference is you can have talents. And let me give you an example. I have the talent to speak. Translated, I can talk a lot. (laughs) But it's only when I listen to the voice of Christ It's only when I surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit that I have anything worthwhile to say. It's only when that which we can do, that which we yearn to serve, is placed in the hands of Christ that God can take those very things and make them the gifts that the church needs, that God needs, that others around us need. God activates in all of us our spiritual gifts. What are yours? What are you doing right now to be able to answer that question with clarity and passion? What are your spiritual gifts and what are you doing right now to activate them to serve Christ in the church? Well, as we start this fall, we are committed to offering opportunities for you to do exactly that. This coming Wednesday, Reverend Howe is going to be offering a class on spiritual gifts. If you don't know what your spiritual gifts are and how to use them, come to this class. It happens for one hour. Three times on Wednesday, you can come in the middle of the afternoon, in the late afternoon, or in the evening class for one hour to discover what your spiritual gifts are and begin thinking how you can use them. Do you have an hour to spare to learn that? And if you can't be there Wednesday because that's the day you're out of town, then I can guarantee you, you can talk to anyone of the clergy here, and we'll be glad to sit down with you and spend time helping you learn what your spiritual gifts are. Not to our purpose and glory, but to the glory of God. In October, I'm going to be offering a four-week class, get this, four weeks on the Gospel of Mark. For four weeks on Tuesday nights, we're going to gather together to get into how the Gospel of Mark reveals to us Jesus Christ and helps us understand 
our role with him as his disciples and our role as Jesus Christ's church. I invite you to be there. If you have never studied the Bible, you are embarrassed somebody will discover how much you don't know about the Bible. You're afraid Pastor Rick's going to call on you to embarrass you. This is the class for you. This is a no embarrassment zone. I assume no one in the class knows anything about the gospel of Mark. I do that not with disrespect, but so that we can start equally and grow in our knowledge of that. And why does that matter? Because I think if you know the Bible and Jesus more intimately, you might have a greater chance of having a happier life, fulfilling your vision, experiencing Christ as your Lord and Savior, and serving to your spiritual gifts. That's all that's at stake. In November... Reverend Megan is going to offer a class on world religions. Do you think it might be worthwhile in this world for us to sit down and learn about Judaism and Islam, not from CNN and Fox, but rather in a rational, thought-out understanding of how we are alike and how we are different than our other religions that we share common space with in this world? We're doing that in November. We're doing that and so much more. And none of it is just to give you more knowledge or add stress to your busy life. It's because these are the things you need to know to activate the faith and the spiritual gifts that God has placed in you. I welcome you to any or all of those events. But in addition to education, we know in this church that missions is critical to the faith walk. We are a missional church. People describe us as a missional church. We have so many mission trips every year, local and regional and international at times. And we do that not because we think we feel so much better about ourselves after we go work with people who are less than us, but rather we go partner with people and discover that as we learn from each other, we are enhanced, we are enriched as we share time and talent. And today, as we think about what's happening with Hurricane Irma, as we consider what happened most recently in Houston, we are drawn to respond. Now, last week was Labor Day Sunday, so I know it was not as large a crowd as sometimes happens, but even then, because of the hurricane in Houston, our missions committee got together and decided to do these things. Out of money that you gave them through your collection, they decided to give $1,000 to the United Methodist Committee on Relief for hurricane support, Another $1,000 to the Midwest Distribution Center that we have supported over the years, where they send out necessary materials to the field. $500 to draw a local community group that we're proud to be a part of. And another $1,000 was raised by this congregation just by a quick asking for you to collect some money last Sunday in worship. All that to hurricane relief. Today, I'm going to make a second plea. If you'd like to make a contribution... To hurricane relief, you don't have to get on your phone. You just have to write a check, put it in an envelope, put down hurricane relief, and we will send it to UMCOR. Why UMCOR? Because I know for a fact, for 38 years as a minister, UMCOR is the one organization that uses zero of your contribution for anything other than the direct relief. We pay for that through other costs in the church, through our apportionment paying. You put in $100 for hurricane relief today, $100 is going directly to the field. Also today, you might be interested in this. Maybe you didn't bring your checkbook with you. 
Maybe you don't have a checkbook. We have a checkbook. It's just that Laura holds on to it for me. And that's not about her. That's about me. I want to be really clear. She'd be glad to share. But I know I'm in trouble. I, I love you, honey. Who's having me over for supper tonight is what I want to know. It's not about her. But the point is, a lot of us don't have checkbooks anymore. What do you do? You know what that is? Swipe the card, right? Guess what? Go down to the ministry fair, and on the missions table, there's a giving kiosk. We're revealing it for the first time today. If you want to make a contribution to hurricane relief, go down, use the machine, swipe your card, tell them how much you want to give it, and it's done. And it will be credited to your giving account. Here's the other thing you may want to know, though. I know that on that giving kiosk, Colin tells me, that it's already set up to take contributions directly to the operating fund of the church and also, if you'd like, to the construction fund. So you're going to see that kiosk more and more because we know the generations around us don't all carry checkbooks. They use cards. So you're going to see that out in front on Sunday mornings because for some people that's just going to be easier. Now here's the other thing you really need to know. Colin told me just before I came into worship. We know that the the, the giving kiosk can receive up to $100,000 in a single contribution, and no one has done it yet. So if you would like to be the first, (laughs) I'm just saying. We have to adapt, and we have to continue to make faith and ministry and mission relevant so that people who are coming to us are able to slide right in and find their giftedness and begin serving Christ in the way they can. So soon you're going to go down to the new community center and you're going to see it and see the enhanced children ministry area. And you're going to be, well, if anyone else has been telling me the same thing, blessed and amazed. And you will see places where mission and youth and all kinds of activities will begin to launch in new ways and in wonderful ways. And when you go into the community center, you're going to discover more than 25 ministries that have set up displays that you support, and that you can begin to participate in. So I invite you to walk the tables and see those ministries, because they need you. And quite frankly, if I can suggest this, you just might need them as a place to discover your spiritual gift. This is the day of the Lord. And we are launching into this fall, activated by the Holy Spirit. And I invite you to do the same with us. We are not done, nor is God done with us. God is moving, and the Holy Spirit is blessing, and Christ is leading us in ways that are exciting. And I call you in the name of Christ to put yourself exactly in the place where God can use you, to find your spiritual giftedness and let it be activated by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I call upon this church, each and every one of you, whatever your age is, to begin to lean into the Holy Spirit and begin to be shaped and called for mission and ministry for the sake of others in the world and for the sake of Christ. And then this is the last thing I ask, and I'll be done. When you walk through the community center today and you go upstairs and see the new classroom space, I invite you to do this. Don't just be amazed at what you see. Step back and dream about what could be. What could be happening in those rooms in the days to come that could change lives? What events and ministries can we offer to bless families and individuals in this community? What missions can be launched out of this site so this entire region begins to be known as the place where the kingdom of God is thriving?
dream, imagine, and then pray for God to make it so. Because this I know. I know it because I've seen it, and I know it because the Scripture tells me. To each and every one of you is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit for the common good. What is your spiritual gift? And how will you use it to the glory of God? Amen.